Good evening, Patriots. And it's Thursday, December 8th in the year 2022 in the East Coast. You have just entered Friday, which we will quickly catch up with you later tonight. It's pretty awesome. Fridays are always good days, end of the week, but Thursdays are always my busy day. Like four shows and a bunch of other stuff I'm trying to get done. So anyway, it's all good. Patriots, when we are uh, in a time as we are right now, one of the biggest things we have to concern ourselves with seriously is our protection of our food and our wealth. Top one on the list right now is food, and that's why we have Patriot Supply. Patriots, if you haven't heard, we're heading into the worst diesel fuel shortage in 70 years, and that's a big problem. Because if truckers can't get enough fuel, grocery stores could go empty. You need to stock up now on emergency food. Visit MyPatriotSupply.com and grab a special offer from My Patriot Supply, the nation's largest preparedness company. You'll save 25% on their four-week emergency food kit with a wide variety of breakfasts, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks that provide over 2,000 calories a day for strength and energy. My Patriot Supply wants to help American families more by charging less. So go to MyPatriotSupply.com and you'll save 25% on their four-week emergency food kit. Order enough to get your family through the difficult times ahead. At least one kit per person in your home. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and grab all the four-week kits you need. MyPatriotSupply.com Patriots, food is security, both mentally and spiritually. And the time to prepare is now. Oh yeah, MyPatriotSupply.com You will not be sorry you did. Over almost 20 years worth of storage capacity in these food packs, which are really awesome. You know, this has been a, a week's, I should say, I was going to say a week, but I, I went plural right at the last moment because it's been a couple of weeks now that from Balenciaga to these other stories that are clumping in the news. The Project Veritas piece about the Chicago dean who was exposing children to sexual toys brought to you by the LGBTQ outreach community. Oh, my goodness. And then you've got this piece we talked about today, of course, and that's the Queer Story Hour. You've got another piece that jumped up, Project Veritas. They're doing some great work right now. Traffickers and exploiting illegal child labor with Social Security fraud. There's a lot of the child issues in the news. It is not just one thing. We've focused in on a lot of the sexualization of children, which is ultimately where it arrives at a certain point, but there's a lot of other methods of child degradation that go on in our world and child trafficking. Child trafficking for labor purposes is also a big issue. Nike got caught on that a few years ago, but of course we're forgiving Nike because they make cool shoes with child's blood in it and put devil horns on it and stuff. And we all say, good, thanks Nike. I need another 500 pair of dollar, 500 pair dollar pair of worthless tennis shoes. And then today there's a thing that came up in Congress. And this is not a small issue in any means. And this is called the, the well, it's the House bill. They passed to codify same-sex marriage. And it's now heading to the Biden desk for signature. So the House of Representatives on Thursday passed a bill to codify same-sex marriage. The Senate passed the same measure last week in a 61 to 36 vote. The bill dubbed the Respect for Marriage Act passed on House 
pass the House 258 to 169 and will head to Joe Biden's desk for signature. Joe Biden is expected to sign the bill. So first of all, I want to point out that if you haven't noticed, the elite are obsessed with same sex and abhorrent sexual practices, deviant sex, and they're obsessed with children. I mean, that should be pretty evident at this point in time, but at the core of everything, it's always sexual power because there's a lot of dark power that comes from the satanic rituals around sex, and that's what they're doing. And in fact, this is, I'm just going to warn you a little bit graphic here for a moment, so just bear with me, but the whole practice of anal sex actually in their belief system opens portals to allow demonic forces to enter into the body. So this is part of their grooming and part of their sexual control. This is very real in the satanic culture. Okay, I'm just telling you this. And this is part of what, again, and you don't have to agree with me. You're going to be like, oh, that's garbage, Bards. That's cool. You don't have to believe me. They believe it. <laughs> and that's my point is know your enemy because they believe it. And they truly believe that possession is an outcome and, and part of what they do this for, okay? So one of the, this, this house bill that just passed, to me, it's really God's hand working in a miraculous way. Because what this is going to do is it's going to require churches to have to ordain marriages that are same-sex marriages. They're going to, under the 501c3 rules, now they're going to be required to give a marriage between um, a furry and a lesbian, a transgender, and a, I don't know what else. I mean, anything to do with preserving, you know, what do they call it? The Respect for Marriage Act. Anything to do with any sort of freak that wants to get married other than a normal heterosexual marriage under the house of God, the house of worship now that is blocked by the 501c3, or I should say not blocked, but controlled by the 501c3, is now going to be subject to scrutiny and requirement in the court of law and by the IRS code to conduct marriages of that nature, which are an absolute abomination to Scripture. We know that. This is a war against God. I personally am pretty excited about this because this is where you're going to see the real church make the stand. We had COVID as the first layer. This is literally God shaking out the churches that were worthless, the pulpits that were bowing down to the state rather than holding up the almighty power of the Lord. And we saw great heroes come out of this. Across our nation, we saw a number of really powerful pastors that said, nope, not a chance, we're not closing our church. And we also saw a complete rise and a shift in people seeking faith and reaching and finding Jesus in different forms like this right here. And by the way, Patriots, I just want to say, one of the most humbling walks I've ever had in my life has been this whole Bards Nation experience. And it's not, I mean, I'm walking it. I'm continuing to walk it with you. We're walking it together. But the number of testimonies I've had of people sharing their return and finding their deep love in Jesus is unbelievable humbling. I um, is so humbling. I thank Father God every day for just the blessing to be able to sit here and to steward his message and just know that it's resonating. And there's so many people that have written me, and I'm just telling you, thank you for your testimonies. They are truly heartfelt. And it's really a testimony to just how Christ and how our Father uses so many different ways to connect us to him and through, and through him 
through Jesus to him. So it's really a beautiful thing. So this latest measure to me is a really a fantastic bill, not because it produces good, but because it separates the sellout pulpit with the real pulpit of God. It's going to require churches to make bold stands and separate from the 501c3 and start operating as a house of worship, not a house of kickback for taxes. And some churches are stuck, have been stuck in it. I get it. But this is time now to get innovative. They're going to have to start finding the legal mechanisms to get out of it. It's not as hard as people think, but it does take a lot of effort. And you're going to have to dig in and find a way out because otherwise they're going to find themselves in a compromised position. And the next thing that will happen is that the IRS will levy, will not only strip away their 501c3 status, which some people can say, well, that's good, but it's going to be the penalties that that are invoked on that that will try to break the back financially of churches. So churches now have to make a choice. And that to me is, is literally a blessed bill. And maybe it's not blessed by Father God. For me, I look at it, I'm like, yep, that'd be something God would do. Like, just throw that one right in the mix and go, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead and try to punish my churches. I'm going to see the real church rise out of this, and I think we will, which is truly amazing. And I think that's kind of where I want to step away a little bit. We've talked a lot about the child sex trafficking. We've talked a lot about the corruption in the morality. And really had some reflections last night in some conversations I was having uh, with a very close friend on just the relationship with God. And I just want to kind of share with you my heart tonight just on this walk with Father. And I think it's just to, the question was asked to me, how do you describe your intimate relationship with God? And... (laughs) That was a great question because I stammered on that one for a while. But that's what I just kind of want to share with you tonight because I I am so deeply humbled by the presence of God and, and the presence of Jesus in my life and so deeply humbled of how active that process, that connection, that walk is in that place. It's a living experience, a living, breathing experience. And I, I think what that leads to often is a question that I get frequently, and I've been seeing people actually writing me, which is quite amazing. And I've had people write me and say, I finally have had my conversation with God. And I think that's beautiful. It's not something that just happens immediately. But it is something that requires us to completely let go. And this is a, a it's easier said than done. I probably do things, well, let me rephrase that. I don't probably, I do things not in the conventional way. I don't know if you've noticed that or not. It's kind of like, huh. Yeah, I kind of, I talk about Jesus and I talk about God and I thrash the transgenders and I talk about politics and yeah, we talk a lot about a lot of things and it's not really the conventional way. But what I, what is always there with me in every single thing I do is a check-in and a process of conversation that's happening beyond the words. It's everything I speak in in almost milliseconds is being checked with Father God as I go. And and that is a true statement. And I can tell you there's this last week when we really first got back into this topic of child sex trafficking with the Balenciaga issue. That was a very 
uneasy feeling for me at certain times. So I want to kind of backtrack on that and, and use that as a, as a jumping point or jump off point to really talk about the deeper relationship that I've, I work at and God has opened the doors for me to have. And just to share with you tonight in the beauty and the glory of Father. Because in the midst of all of this, it's very easy to get sidetracked. And it's very easy to get swept up into the emotive part of what is happening. And we'll get right into that here pretty quick. About four weeks ago, as you know, Father put on my heart to talk about something very important, which was a forgiving heart and a loving heart. And the third element of that was justice. And I have had a lot of conversations, as you know, on this particular show, the, the Fishers of Men show, about that specific topic. And it's been, we probably went through that for a good three to four weeks. And they're not easy concepts to grasp. And I will tell you, when that was first put on my heart, I was really pretty blind in knowing how I would go there and how I would speak about it. But the one thing that I knew right from the beginning is if I just leaned into Father and just trusted in Him, that even if I personally wasn't comfortable with it, He was going to guide me through this. And even if I bumped my face into the wall, He was going to be right there as an amazing Father to pull me back and to guide me back to the path he needed me to be on. Everything I do on this channel is as a steward of his channel. This isn't my channel. This is his. This isn't my ministry. It's Father's ministry. Just like my Jeep is his, not mine. And that in itself is always funny to me because he reminds me at times that he likes his Jeep. And I think that's crazily funny because I'm enjoying the Jeep, but I also enjoy stewarding his Jeep. And I think that that, that to me, for some, when I say things like that, I, I've, I've noticed reactions. Some people are kind of like, give me that strange dog tilt head, like, what? Dude, like, you know, what are you talking about? Are you a little bit crazy? And I've said this before, I'm happy to be that crazy guy. I'm happy to be that guy driving down the road talking to Jesus, and people are like, oh, look at that weirdo. He's talking to himself. And I'm like, good, I'm happy to be there. Because that's that wonderful, wonderful place of experiencing a relationship and a deep personal relationship with Jesus and with Father. So this whole concept of love and forgiveness was a real big task for me and still is. I'm not going to say it isn't, but I feel so much more grounded in these concepts, especially as I've been push to go into this in a deeper way. And it has not been an easy topic to approach. And when, when we look at all the world around us and we're like, oh, by the way, you need to forgive and you need to love. And you're like, uh-huh. Like including the doctor that injected my family and one of my family members is now dead. And that's our reaction. And it's very normal. So that's where I started. And we talk in euphemisms about forgiveness and we talk in euphemisms about love. What I love in this walk that I have with Father is everything is anchored towards reality. And that's one of the things I enjoy so much in the process of what has evolved here in Bards FM and in Bards Nation. And it's it's seen in the channels too, by the way. They, all one has to do and I ha I've had people comment to me like, 
dude, I've never seen a channel on Telegram like you guys have. There is unbelievable discussions. There's deep discussions of faith. There's current events. There's even people talking of like alien theory and somehow it all works together. And I go, yeah, because that's God. And that's God leading everybody together in a respectful conversation where people discuss things openly. You know, and it's one of these things that I'm, it makes me very, it makes me smile boldly. Someone said to me once, they're like, you know, and just bear with the comment. I'm not making any judgment either way on this or position, but I just want you to hear the comment because I think it's really profound. He said, you know, if there, if there is a second race of existence, like if there's a second race that we're actually fighting that we don't see, the one group that should be most prepared for that are the Christians because we know that there was a snake in the garden. But unfortunately, the way we teach Christianity, the Christians will be the first ones to freak out if a snake is revealed to be a real species on this earth. And I was like, that's an interesting statement, except it doesn't apply to Bard's Nation. Because Bard's Nation is a group that is developed as a whole to have a collective conversation that not everybody agrees, but so many people I would say collectively the whole group listens and listening is the moment of the most profound skills. And so God's brought us all together. And in this process, I've developed a deep and very intimate relationship with father in ways that I never really imagined possible. I've talked to him for a long time and I've seen outcomes of it, but I haven't really had that two way conversation until the last couple of years. And what I've experienced in that is a richness and a fulfillment that even in the rebukes, it's always the loving rebuke of Father. So in the process of talking of love and forgiveness, that isn't exactly, you have to look at this, I snicker at this because it's like, yeah, this would be something Father would do. This is the guy that has spent three and a half years in Afghanistan they, they try to blow me up twice. I've had people try to shoot me from distance with sniper rifles, been in, been in actions with different troops, done a lot of crazy filming, done a lot of crazy stuff. And father's like, uh, yep. Yeah. And now you get to talk about forgiveness and love. And I'm telling you that's for a guy too. Those, those two words like don't resonate well. And yet as I've come to appreciate the depth of what that is in father's eyes, it's greater and mightier than anything I ever could have imagined. And it's led me to a deeper relationship with him. So we ended up in this three or four weeks of talking about this. And I've seen the comments and I've received the emails. And, and there was a, it was a growth, I think, across the entire channel. Entire, and we'll just call it, we'll refer to that as ministry because it's a growth across Bard's nation. And I've seen some that ran to it quickly and I've seen others that held back and we've, there was friction, but we've arrived now at this point of a pretty comfortable position in dealing with the principles of a loving heart and a forgiving heart so much in the sense of forgiving, of lifting off the burdens that are put upon us by others and constantly loving, walking in this place of love, trusting in father to deliver justice. So I told this story already, what I'm coming up to, but it's important to recap it for tonight. And that is that when we hit the Balenciaga issue, the issue is a, the whole presence of the child exploitation topic was right in my face. 
And it was pretty clear in my prayers that that was the direction where Father wanted to take this and take the message for a while. And so that we're still kind of on it. And so I did, and I dug in. And what I found over the process of four days or so, three days, three or four days, was that I was getting, I was speaking a hard line to this. And it was scripturally and doctrinally okay. But I was not in the vibe, in that sink. Those are strange words to use perhaps, but I wasn't feeling Father. And when I feel, when I'm talking to you and I'm, feeling that flow of father. It's like an electric shock, an electric pulse down my spine. I know when I'm in there and I know when he's present in all of this. And I know when I've got the the power of the Holy spirit working through me and it's, it's electrifying, it's calming. It's literally like handing the keys over to him. And I'm sitting back in the passenger seat and watching myself drive. And it's very calming, as I said, and it's very comforting that was missing for a few, for a number of days. And, it, and the more that I pushed into that hard edge, I was starting to pull away from that intimacy and starting to get into that grit, which felt very much like the muck of Afghanistan. And I even had a good friend of mine reach out and say that to me. It's like, dude, your message is on point. I'm not saying anything against it, but it's not feeling the resonance of that incredible joy that you expressed with father after your six week tour in the the country. And that hit home very personally with me because I was feeling it and someone else was hearing it. So I put it to prayer and I think this is always to me what I've come to learn more and more is that, the best place to take something is right to Father and put it before him and just pray into it. And I, and I put that, right? I said, you know, Father, look, you asked me to take this walk into forgiveness and love, and I did. And you've asked me to take this walk into forgiveness, love, and justice, and I did. And then Balenciaga came up, and I stepped into that lane to talk of the passionate issue of children and yet it's, I, I'm having a hard time because the idea of peace and love when we're talking about the rape and pillage of children doesn't sell well and it's not resonating in my heart. And again, like I said, I've told you this story already, but I want to really emphasize it tonight because it's about the intimacy in trusting in him because I'm, I'm there before him in prayer and I'm saying, look, Father... And I even said, I said, if you want me to tell you, if you want me to express the message of enduring, that that's just what we have to do is endure this, I'll do that. But it, that doesn't even feel right because it's scripturally not sound to me. And again, as I've shared before, this is when he came through very powerfully and he says, you're not ready. And just as father speaks and he speaks into me, when something even simple like that is said, there's a volume of information that comes with it that I can feel then I know it's going to take some time to unpack. And so I immediately recognized that what was given to me in those words was massive. So I had to sit back and I said, okay, Father, I hear that. And he says, you're dealing with an enemy that's 
thousands of years old, that knows you better than you'll ever know yourself in this time. So you need to master the foundations of kingdom, of kingdom authority. You have to learn to walk with a forgiving and loving heart and trust in me to bring justice. And all of that unpacked to be even more as this in the days rolled on. I think this is what I've found so much too with this intimacy with Father is it's paying attention to what's said and letting it be heard within me and then letting it unwind as the message grows because simple things become, like I said, volumes. And this has led to a whole revelation to me on where he wants this to go and what he's showing this to be and the the fact that so much of what we are dealing with right now is so much bigger than we have any idea. It's huge. And we're being shaped and prepped for something very, very significant. I don't know what it is, but I know, and I think if we're all going to be honest in what we feel in our heart, I think we're going to understand that something very significant is happening and and is growing and something big is coming. We can see that even just in reflection by the masters of inversion themselves, which are these Luciferians that run this world, the speed at which they're trying to adjust their plans, the speed at which they're trying to get people forced into meta, the speed at which they're trying to get people adapting to the new ways of 5G, the this kind of hand puppetry that's going on with having somebody who wears a Baphomet outfit as his avatar and is somehow becoming the savior of mankind by releasing Twitter files. And there's an unbelievable level of deception that's moving on, and there's so many pieces moving, trying to keep our eyes away from something always. And at the center, there's something very significant, and I... and. To me, it's coming down to the children because of how precious they are to God and how big of an issue it is in the entire world. And it's honestly the one part of all of this that is the underpinning to the entire modern world, and it's the one unifier towards humanity. But again, we go back to that very principal issue that we are going to have to approach this without vengeance. And that's a very difficult thing when we're dealing with a topic this visceral. And that leads us to the need to really build a very intimate and personal relationship with God. It's, and when I say that, again, it's words. And to translate this into tangibles is not always easy in something like this. I'm, I'm going to do my best, and I'm trying to do my best tonight just to kind of express my story here. But I, there's no equation. That's what the first part of this is. There's no like, oh, by the way, if you do X and you do Y and Z, then you're going to get a result that will always be, for example, A and B. I mean, it's just not going to work that way. What I do know is this, and this is where I said a bit ago, I don't do things conventionally. The one thing that I do spend time every day doing, and I can't tell you whether this is 
going to work for you, but I do know it is significant for me. And that is I take time every day that I go into prayer and then I simply sit with quiet mind. And what I mean by that is no thought, no focus, all, all the other than just listening for God and listening for Jesus. And sometimes seemingly nothing comes out of it. Sometimes there's a booming experience that comes out of it. But always, after the effect, after the experience, there's something that stays with me or shifts in me. That's part of my daily process. Now, I learned that originally in martial arts. And I've carried it into my faith very deeply because of how powerful it was in the martial arts. You could literally slow the entire pace of life down to appreciate in martial arts, you call it like the little openings, those small circles to where at the speed of which things work, you begin to see things in a pattern, in a flow, in a, in a way that like a dance that you could move in and around and you can connect. You're literally marrying with that other person's dance to take, make the maneuvers to ultimately overcome and defeat the opponent. In a, in a sense of faith in our relate, my relationship with God and Jesus, this is where I have time to let their voice come through. And it's always through my heart, not my head. And that's another exercise here that I do work on heavily is not to listen to my brain. And that's part of why this works to me so well, because quieting the thoughts or the thoughts in the head, opening the heart, to me, is the gateway to God. In fact, there's an interesting, tomorrow night we're going to have a two-parter, Bards FM tomorrow night. It's going to be with Luke from VOR. He and I recorded a two-hour interview, which will be, which will be played Bards FM time and then and Fisher's time tomorrow night. It's both parts. Really great interview. I think you'll enjoy it. We really dig into some interesting perspectives perspectives on science proving empirical science proving scripture and the mightiness of the Holy Spirit it's a beautiful interview I'm excited about it and with that we've we, we dealt we delved into some of this these ideas of where the brain is and scripturally I think we could say pretty solidly that we have been taught that our brain, the main running engine of our body is our head. When in fact, I think most of our, the, the glory of our whole body system centers on our heart. And that's where God works through us so much. And it's said openly in scripture. And, I, and if we take it as we should, which is literally, that's our bridge. I, the other thing I've asked frequently is like, how do I hear God? And I, I can't answer that directly. Other than to say that God's voice does come through, and when we take time to quiet our mind enough to appreciate what is being said in our head versus where God's voice is, we start to be able to discern that which is us and that which is him. And in the process, as we trust in it and we're paying attention to it, we gain confidence and we gain understanding of how he communicates to us. And it's a richness that opens up in our faith, at least for me, a richness that has opened up in my faith to such a magnificent degree 
that it's created an experience where literally increasingly, I should say, everything I do is a breath and a walk through the body of Jesus. That to me is the ultimate achievement if we can ever get there to where everything we do is 100% through, through Jesus. That there's nothing else that exists within us except that perfect walk, which literally at that point when we achieve it, there's prob- we probably need to do a whole lot less of the busy stuff and a whole lot more of where God wants us to be. One of the things I think that comes out of the intimacy in the relationship with God is the realization of how much petty garbage is in our world that we literally don't need. It's, we could be taking out the trash a whole bunch to get and filter through what is really there and to start to see with his eyes the, with clarity of an appreciation for how he sees us. And, and that was part of that question I put to him which is, I need your help to see this problem when we're talking about children. How do I see this problem? Because I can't see it. And I was honest in my heart. I can't see a way through here that doesn't lead me to a sharp edge like Afghanistan in trying to frame that in terms of a loving and forgiving heart. And one of those things that's very profound is God's immense and infinite love for all of us. His forgiveness is unlimited. And we, we know that personally, but we tend to very quickly throw judgment. We cast judgment. We cast disparagement on other people. They're not in the same church. If we identify the way they're walking, we all do it. And not realizing that you know everybody, or not appreciating when God is talking about forgiveness, he's talking about bringing people back. And that forgiveness is an open door, even for those that are cars causing harm to the little ones, as difficult as that is for us. Because justice in kingdom is restorative first. Justice in our world is punitive first. And it's a very hard process to come together with, but it ultimately pivots on how much we're truly willing to trust in him to work with us and through us to deliver justice. And justice seems to be the big hook in all of this because we have all been stained, pained, and hurt in one way or another by this process, an unbelievable attack on all of humanity. We've never experienced, I don't think on record there's an experience where every single person in the world was touched by a singular event. That was COVID, or as was originally called, Corona. Crown. And every single person in the world has had to face a choice between an injection or walking with God. That's not even up for debate. That's where we are. So, as a world, we've changed. And there's no going back. There's no past to recollect. It's only going forward. And everybody's been touched with a decision point. And God has not abandoned anybody. We just keep seeing this refinement. And I go back to that measure, the Respect for Marriage Act. It's like another 
point of refinement to once again separate out the wheat and the chaff. To it's the it's the threshing floor, and every time it gets more refined to where people will stand, and it's really pushing that remnant into clearer and clearer focus. And for me, in my relationship with God, that remnant is the responsibility of that remnant keeps getting bigger. Where much is given, much is asked. So the relationship that we have with God becomes all that more important. And here's one of the great ironies of this. is, And this gets back to even the Zen training that I had in martial arts. And it's the, it's the greatest inversion that we deal with. And it's very much related to this quiet mind piece. When we pursue something aggressively, you typically miss it. When you calm your mind to let it be received, it finds you. And that's part of that process again that I use because I know that if I am out here swinging every day, like, I want to talk to you, God. Come on down here. I want to talk to you. And while we do get those occasional testimonies of people saying that, and God presents it himself, or Jesus walks in right before you, the natural event of things is really that we're not in, that sort of reaction is not going to open doors. It's probably going to close them because we have a precondition and a pre perception on what that communication is going to look like. And in our noise of pursuing it, we'll miss the communication. When we open ourselves up to receiving and embracing the world right now, and that's another big one is that so much is going on and the noise and the confusion is that we're, when we start to project out and start to say that, well, God's going to do this, or this is going to happen. And this is how the world's going to be. And we, and we get into these sort of framings of exactly how things are going to play out. And we, much of that even happens with Scripture. Instead of seeing Scripture as a lesson and an, a template that opens our eyes to the moment of what could be happening, we fixate on what it is saying as if it is determined now as is. And again, we shut down, in my opinion, a lot of the potential to hear God in his fullness. We have been given an amazing gift right now. And this is part of where I really embrace living in the space of the moment as much as we can, because that is the gift. And I think when we enter into that presence of truly living in the moment, we start to really open the potential to experiencing the Holy Spirit in a way that's way beyond Scripture. It's a dimension of Scripture that's there, but it unlocks beautifully when we start to truly embrace the moment. And the moment is powerful. It's, it's a Holy Spirit moment all the time. And right now in particular, there's so much happening. And we, if we allow ourselves to get overwhelmed with the emotions, which is literally Satan's trick, to attack our head and our mind and our thoughts to provoke the emotions that literally convolute our communication with God in our heart in simple terms that we then start to live in our head and not live in the spiritual connection we have with Father in our heart. And our head is, can be our greatest enemy. 
That's where we are hearing ourselves say this or that or hearing our fears that manifest in our gut. That's where we convince ourselves of failure or impossible things. And our mind just works overtime and trying to flip around this or that, trying to interpret what's before us and all this nonsense. When we know very well that only God knows the time and the place. And when we'll truly accept that in its fullness, then what's before us is the gift. And the gift is to see clearly. And the gift is to rise up and to have the strength of the Holy Spirit and to let it flow through you and let it flow through all of us in such a magnificent way that we are functioning as an extension of him, not as an individual trying to connect to him. Living with a personal and living, breathing relationship with Jesus and with Father God is also having the trust that the conversations that you're going to have are heard and that there's going to be a conversation back. Sometimes that'll come in whispers and strange ways. Maybe it'll be through somebody else that says something that you hear and you're like, wow, that was, I was just praying on that. It's probably God talking. And maybe it'll come in a form of just like you say something and then you have a thought and you get this sudden, I'll just call them God bumps all over your arms. You're like, Ooh, I feel it. There you go. Pay attention to all these little things because God's speaking in so many different dimensions and levels to us and he's there. And as we accept that more and more, our relationship and our richness in scripture to me takes on such a dimensional experience so far beyond the book. And it takes the words into a living, breathing text that becomes part of us. And I, and I look back, and this is, we talk about, for example, the Founder's Bible. It's one of those things that is right there before us, is that our founding fathers lived Scripture. They didn't quote Scripture. They lived it. And that was the function of that whole production of the Founder's Bible, is to take our founding fathers' words, the written essays and documents that they had and stick them throughout scripture, not randomly, but where they fit in to the scriptures that they were referring to. Understanding that the Bible was a living, breathing text to them. It was a living, breathing language. It was an extension through and with Father God. That to me is where we need to be. And it's the pursuit that's before all of us if we choose to pick up that mantle. And as we do, and we step into that walk, for those that are there or those that are pursuing it, I think we can all agree that as we bring the Holy Spirit into our life as a true experience, a living, breathing, talking, walking relationship with Jesus and God, that everything else around here seems pretty petty. And the richness that they're bringing and the mission that we have seems and becomes, not seems, but becomes the only purpose that we have here. And therefore, everything that we do takes on another dimension of importance, another in dimension of intention, and another in dimension of honoring our Father. Let's pray. Father, we are just very blessed this evening just to come to you 
and sit before you with a humbled heart, a forgiving heart, and a loving heart. And this has not been an easy walk, I don't think, for any of us, especially as we face some of the real darkness and horrors of this world. And as prepared as we always say we are, we're never really prepared to embrace suffering of the magnitude we've been touching on. And yet you've been there. You've been there to remind us to lift off that burden on our heart, to let the forgiveness in our heart flow into you, and to let the love flow back out, the love that we're going to need to heal this world, and the forgiveness and love that we need to connect so deeply with you that we can begin the process of justice with and through you. There's not an easy walk going forward here. We know that. But if anything we've learned in the last weeks, it's the need to be closer to you, to be more intimate in our relationship with you, and to seek that at every level. To walk truly in the presence of you, to walk truly with the presence of Jesus and in the body of Jesus, through Christ to you, Father. And to do so that each step, each breath, everything we do is in relationship with and through you, not as an independent action that somehow later we're trying to figure out how to get back to you. All of this centers ultimately on us letting go. Realizing that we are greater than we've ever imagined, that we're spiritual beings first, living out an existence in a physical body. And to let go, to live with and through you, and to trust in that relationship to such a degree that what we are becomes greater. The person that we truly are meant to be is defined more perfectly in and through you. And we begin to realize the perfection of what you created on this earth and the infinite love that you extend. None of this is easy, Father, in a world that is so inverted. You know that. And we just speak truth in our heart this evening, not as an excuse to say that we're trying to find it difficult to get to you, other, only to say that we want more than ever to be close and intimately and lovingly walking with you. And so to say also that for that distance that may be there, for that hesitation that may crop up, for that fear, that anxiety that finds its way in, forgive us. But hear our heart. We're moving through it. We're reaching to you and trusting in you like never before. And we are so deeply humbled and blessed to have a father such as you that never forsakes us and is always there to pick us up, to guide us, to teach us, and to pass on the wisdom that leads us ultimately home. Thank you, Father. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So sometimes with all the noise that's out here, take some time just to sit quiet and listen to him. 
and with all the craziness going on and the emotions that we feel. Remember to take a knee and just sit quiet. Observe. Take that sip of water like you would on a patrol and listen. This pack we carry sometimes gets pretty heavy. And this world can seem overbearing. But he's always there. All we have to do is remember to turn to him, to talk to him, to be honest with him, to always bear our heart in truth. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest dead. Oh, I want to feel something. Let me get back in my body. Close to me, look how